Are we ready to hear the word, church, uh, this evening? And if we can stand in reverence of God and His, and His word, uh, we can go to the book of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, and we can start in verse 4. And for those uh, who've been raised in church, these are real familiar verses uh, to us. Uh, the book of Jeremiah chapter 4, and we'll read through verse Amen. Are we there this evening, church? Amen. Uh, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you, and I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And the Lord, then I said, At last, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. How many young people do we have in the house of God? Amen? That wasn't very well. How many young people do we have in the house of God? I I see some elders raising their hands, young at heart. Amen? Then I said, at last, Lord, behold, I do know how to speak because I am a youth. And then verse 7 says, but the Lord answered, but the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, because wherever I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. The Lord stretched out his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. Then God gives Jeremiah the instructions to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, and to overthrow, to build, and to plant. Uh, This evening, briefly, I want to speak on the subject, you are chosen. If you can turn to your neighbor this evening and, and say those words, you are chosen. Maybe go to your other neighbor and say, young man, young woman, you are chosen. Amen. You may have your seats this evening. If you've studied uh, the book of Jeremiah, uh, we know uh, the uh, Jeremiah uh, is a prophet. Uh, you'll come to understand and learn that his ministry lasted for about 50 years. 50 years. And uh, it it always brings me joy and it always encourages me as a young preacher. Uh, I've been in the ministry for not 50 years, obviously not. uh, But I've been in the ministry for close to eight years now. And I've learned several things as a preacher, as a man of God. uh, But it always encourages me to see men of God, women of God, that have been in the ministry for 40, 50 plus years. The faithfulness that God, the faithfulness that they've shown to God. Uh, We learned this evening that Jeremiah's ministry lasted for about 50 years. Uh, His message was mostly given to the kings and to the rulers and the people of Judea. The message was heavy. Jeremiah's message was heavy. Uh, Mostly his message was judgment on Judah, Judea, I'm sorry. This earned him, as we have heard, of the weeping 
prophets. This is what earned Jeremiah the name, the weeping prophet. Uh, Most of the people despised and rejected Jeremiah's message. And you'll learn this evening that Jeremiah was about 17 years old when God called him and commissioned him. I don't know how many 17-year-olds we have here this evening. Amen, sister. I'll let you slide. You're 17. But this evening, I want to focus on the man of Jeremiah. I briefly kind of just gave you a little background of of his ministry, how old he was, uh, what his message was about, where he was at, uh, and how the people responded to Jeremiah. And I believe this evening God gave me this word to say he has chosen people in this church for this time. Let me say that one more time. I believe God is saying he has chosen people in this church for this time. But I believe also we have learned that when we accept the call of God, it can be scary at times. Amen? We may have that that spirit of, well, what are people going to think of me? Uh, Lord, I'm a youth. I don't know how to speak. Uh, but this evening, I, I want to briefly share four, four simple points um, on what Jeremiah did um, as God commissioned him. And if you're one uh, to take notes, I always encourage uh, you, uh, if you're one to take notes, to take notes this evening. Uh, this is a Bible study, amen? And it's, it's okay to take notes tonight, amen? Um, the first thing Jeremiah did is we read there in the first chapter of Jeremiah, there in the fourth verse, Scripture says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying... The first thing Jeremiah did was Jeremiah heard the voice of God, of the Lord. And how many know the voice of God? Amen, church? I know it gets stressed in here that we need to be a church that knows the voice of God. I'm reminded of a story, and I think I've shared this before, uh, of a man by the name of uh, Franklin uh, D. Roosevelt. And for those who are history lovers, uh, we know that that is a a former president. Amen? For those who are like, Wow, I never knew that. Uh, but I'm reminded of a story of a, by, the, by the former president, or not by the, uh, of a former president, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, and for those who maybe uh, uh, keep up with politics and all that fun stuff, I know uh, we have one for sure that, that enjoys politics uh, this evening. We know that the White House, at some times during the year, they host receptions. And, of course, they invite certain people to these receptions. And, of course, the president is there, and they shake his hand, and they greet the president, and they go, and they have a nice time in the White House with a a nice dinner or lunch as they host. And story goes, Franklin D. Roosevelt was getting tired of these receptions, Uh, He believed that people just came just to come have a good meal and to say they visited the White House. 
If it was modern times, they would probably say, look, I checked in. I'm at the White House. My friends know on Facebook I'm at the White House right now having a good meal. And Franklin D. Roosevelt's story goes that he was getting tired of these receptions. He believed that people would come just to, just to come and have a good meal. They really didn't pay attention to the things he would say. So the story goes is that as uh, this reception was about to partake, uh, Mr. Franklin D. Roosevelt stands there as normal, and he begins to shake the hands of the guests before they go into the reception. And story goes that Franklin D. Roosevelt says, you know what, I'm going to do an experiment to see if they are really listening to what I have to say, or if they're just here just to be here and have a good time. So what Franklin D. Roosevelt said what he was going to do is that when the guests began to walk in, he was going to shake their hand and he was going to say these words to see if they were really listening. The first guest walks in and he shakes the guest's hand and Franklin D. Roosevelt leans in and he says, I'm going to kill my mother-in-law. Mr. President, you're doing an amazing job. Keep up the good work. The first guest goes into the reception. The guest wasn't listening to what the president had to say. Second guest walks in, shakes the president's hand. The president leans over, says the same words. I'm going to kill my grand. I mean, I'm going to kill my mother-in-law. The guest didn't listen to what the president had to say. Mr. President, you're doing an outstanding job. Keep up the good work. Goes into the reception. Time after time, guests keep walking in. Finally, the last guest walks in, shakes the president's hand. The president leans over and says, I'm going to kill my mother-in-law. The guest looked the president in the, eye, the president in the eyes, says, Mr. President, I'm sure she had it coming to her. Church, I say these words because there are times and times again where we come to the house of God. And either it's the pastor or the minister or the teacher that is pouring out the word of God to us. They have studied the word, that have studied their lesson plan, and they're pouring out the word of God. But time after time, we come to church and we don't listen to the voice of God. And I believe, and it brings me sadness to my heart that I believe we become a generation that doesn't know the voice of God. We become a generation that relies on people to hear the voice of God for us. Pastor, what is God telling me? Pastor, what is, what is God speaking to, to you about me? But how many know that it is vital that we become a generation that knows the voice of God? Jeremiah heard the voice of God. We, there, we see there in verse 4, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah heard his voice. And I believe as Jeremiah, as a young man at 17 years old, Jeremiah had plans for his life. Amen. I think at 17 and nowadays, what, you're in high school, you're a junior, you're a senior, and you may have plans uh, to further your education uh, there at uh, Texas A&M, 
Amen? Maybe not. Or at that university in Texas, I forgot the name of it. But as seventeen year as a seventeen year old, you began to develop plans for your life. You want to go to school. You want to get an education in this and that, or you want to begin to be in the workforce, or you plan at, at this certain age you're going to get married. You're going to have these kids. You're going to have this house. You're going to have this car. You began to make plans for your life. And I think in Jeremiah's life, he had plans for his life. Keep in mind, Jeremiah was 17 years old. I think if I recall, when I was 17, all I was worried about was the latest shoes, uh, the latest video games. Jeremiah was 17, and all of a sudden, Jeremiah heard the voice of God. There in Proverbs 19, 21, that says many plans, and listen, many plans are in a man's heart, but it's the counsel of the Lord that will stand. Many plans are in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand, church. Church, I'm here to tell you, you can have all the plans in your life at this time, but when you hear the voice of God, things begin to change. Let me say that one more time. When you began to hear the voice of God, things began to change. And my prayer this evening is that we become a generation, we become a church that knows the voice of God. Jeremiah heard the voice of God. The second thing, Jeremiah made excuses, but he still heard the voice of God. Of God, We can look there in verse 6. Jeremiah's response, Then I said, At last, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because why? I am a youth. And then verse 7 says, But the Lord said to me, Jeremiah still heard the voice of God, Do not say I am a youth, because ever I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Jeremiah heard the voice of God. Even though he made excuses, he still knew the voice of God. And I think as a 17-year-old young man, when you hear from God and you hear, Jeremiah, I have called you to the nations. I have called you a prophet. I think maybe because of the immaturity, Jeremiah could have had a sense of pride. And says, God, I'm going to the nations and I'm going to win thousands and thousands of people for your name. But Jeremiah still heard the voice of God. I like to call it, and I've heard it before, the updated word. Well, you may say, well, what's, what's the updated word? What, what does that mean? Simply meaning that when God has called you to do something, church, it's fine and dandy to go 100 and 100% and say, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to the nations. I'm going uh, to Africa. I'm going to China to win souls for you. But have you heard the updated word that God is trying to speak to you? 
We can get so caught up in the things of the ministry and says, I've heard the voice of God tell me to do this, tell me to do that, but have you took the time to hear him again? Jeremiah says there in verse 6, but then I said, at last, Lord, I don't know how to, behold, I do know how to speak because I am a youth. Jeremiah still heard the voice, the call of God. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. It's vital, church, that we hear the voice of God. Amen. Are we getting this this evening? Amen. The third thing is the Lord gave Jeremiah a promise. And how many love promises? Amen. Uh, for those who have, have children, uh, you, have you kept your promise? Oh, sometimes when the holidays come around, you, you go to the store, you go to Walmart. Uh, and I don't know if this just happens like in, in Mexican families or Hispanic families. Like right when you get off the car, don't ask me for nothing. Or you stay right by my side. I remember that when I was a young, when I was a kid. And man, mama scared me. And when daddy was with us, that's, that was even scarier. Well, you can go to the store and, and your, your child will ask you, Mom, can I get this? Can I get this? Please, 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 please. Mijo, I promise you I'll get it for you next week. Mijo, I promise it will be there under the tree for Christmas. Children don't forget promises, right? <laughs> right, parents? But God gave Jeremiah a promise. We see there in verse 8 tonight. This was, this was the promise. Do not be afraid of them, God says to Jeremiah. And I love what God says to Jeremiah because how many know that God is with us? God says, do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And then after the promise, God gives you, God gives Jeremiah even more there in verse 9. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. The Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And see, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. I think there's times where God has called us to do something. And we forget God is with us, church. Just kind of a testimony of, of myself, uh, this past August the 13th, I celebrated one year in full-time ministry, uh, and prior to that, I had a, I had a great job for myself. Um, keep in mind, I, I live in my own house, I have my own bills, I have my own rent, uh, all that fun stuff, uh, mom and dad don't pay nothing, uh, of course, they've blessed me every now and then. Because they promised. But, but keep in mind, I, I, I had a great job, but I heard the voice of God. And it, this is just a testimony of, of how God uses your pastor. It was a convention in, in San Antonio. And I remember his title of the sermon, and you can uh, correct me, Pastor, if I'm wrong, but it was, if, Are There Any Sons? It was something similar to that. I'm sure it's wrong, but uh, does, does the church have any sons? That's what his title was. And I remember it was Saturday night at our youth convention. 
And my God, I felt like I was the only one in that place. And it felt like Pastor Isaac was just speaking to me. And it was a week after that where I heard the voice of God saying, Mark, it's time to begin to do your ministry. It's time to answer the call that I have placed over your life. And of course, with a great job, with a, uh, an income, a steady income that was coming in, I had to make that step of faith. And I said, Lord, if this is your calling, which I knew it was, my next prayer was like, Lord, when it is your time, it's your time. I don't want to step before you. I don't want to be late on the call that you have placed in my life. And I began to read scriptures, and I began to read these these scriptures there in the book of Jeremiah, where it says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. I don't know who I'm speaking to this evening, but I'm here to tell you God is with you. No matter what you think the calling of God is upon your life, God is with us, church. And the last thing this evening is God is calling us just as he called Jeremiah. We see there in verse 10 what Jeremiah's mission was. God commissioned Jeremiah and says, See, I have appointed you this day over the nations And over the kingdoms, and Jeremiah's mission was to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This was Jeremiah's mission. You may ask this evening, well, what what is our mission? Well, if we read there in Matthew 28, verse 19, we see of the Great Commission. And we read there to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I think there's no better joy than being in the mission field. Amen. Uh, for those who have, have not been on a missions trip, uh, I encourage you uh, to go on a missions trip. For those who've been, I know Brother Chano has, uh, Jake, and I'm sure there's a lot of others Uh, J.D., of course, Pastor Isaac. But I encourage you, those who have never been on a missions trip, to take a missions trip. At least one time in your life. And I can guarantee you it will change your life. To see the things that you see. uh, To see the poverty in the the nations. to To see the need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is our mission, church, this evening. To go out and make disciples of all nations. And I think the times that we live in tonight, God is raising up a generation of preachers, of missionaries, of Sunday school teachers. Like I said tonight, that there are chosen people in this place that God has called them for a time as this. And this evening I want to encourage you with this with this word. And if we can go there in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verse. We can read verse 4 and 5. Romans chapter 12 verse 4 and 5. 
Verse 4, just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ. In Christ. And I've learned as a young preacher that God is not looking for copy, and I like to call them copy and paste ministries. Where you may see one man of God that God is using tremendously, and you say, man, I want to be like that man. I want to have a ministry like him. I want to go out to the nations and preach the gospel. Church, not all the ministries are the same. There are people that I can reach that say Brother Chanel can't reach. There are people that Brother Chanel can reach that I can't reach. This is why scripture says, for just as we have many members in one body, all the members do not have the same function. God is looking for different ministries and different people to use to bring honor and glory to his name. And then scripture says, so we who are many are one body in Christ. And God has given me the opportunity to visit churches within my own ministry as my travels continue. And I've, and I've noticed this within the church, that where it seems like there is the young people on this side, and there are the elders on this side. And then there's this big gap in between. And it always seems like it's the young people versus the elders in the church. And church, I'm here to tell you that is not what God is looking for. He is looking for a church that is united. He is looking for a church that is one body in Christ. And I want to encourage you this evening, and I want to conclude with this verse here, if the musicians can just make their way up here uh, this evening. God has brought me to these verses lately there in the book of Habakkuk. There in the second chapter, and we can read starting in verse 1. And we see God in these particular verses. God is answering the prophet as well, as we had read there in Jeremiah. The book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, I will stand on my guard post, on my, on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision, record the dream, record the calling and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Though I, I love what these last lines say there in the second chapter. It says, though it tarries, wait for it. Church, though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come and it will not delay. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight. The prayers you've been praying for weeks. Though it tarries, church. Wait for it. The things you have been interceding maybe for years now, though it tarries, 
Wait for it, church. Parents that have been praying for their children to come back to the things of God, though you don't see it, though it tarries, church, wait for it. For it will certainly come. For it will certainly come. And it will not delay. This evening, I encourage you this evening that the things that God has called you to, the things that God has commissioned you to, the ministry that God has placed in your life, though you may not see the results right now, though it tarries, church, wait for it. For it will certainly come and it will not delay. But I think it's hard at times to wait. Amen? We're a generation that doesn't like to wait for things. If we're hungry, we can go to the drive-thru, go to Whataburger, get that number five, we're on our way. Like that number five is that bacon burger, I know what that is. Well, if we don't know an answer, we literally have the whole world in the palm of our hand. We can look up something in our cell phone. We can Google it. We can ask Siri. We've become a generation that doesn't like to wait. But God is saying, church, though it tarries, hear my voice. It will certainly come.